If you're running a business these days, you have to have some kind of web presence, okay? And I would be surprised, unless you're completely new to this business, to hear that you don't have a website or some kind of online presence. I think everyone these days, every business needs some kind of web presence. You need some kind of homepage. You need some kind of landing page where people can find you and find out about you. And more importantly, to help people to learn how you can help them and how you've helped people just like them. If you're a consultant, if you're a trainer, if you're a coach, a facilitator, you need some kind of digital space, some kind of online estate where people can find reasons to connect with you and, of course, to contact you. That's the ultimate goal, not just become passive visitors. We sometimes call them lurkers, invisible statistics on your website. You know people are arriving on your site, but there's nothing there to entice them or attract them to contact you and do business with you. And many people often make the mistake, and I'm putting my hands up here, of deciding what they want from their own website rather than focusing on what their prospect or prospective customer needs. I would say, in fact, you don't want a website. What you want is a system that continuously and consistently attracts people to engage with you so you can convert them into some form of paying customer. In today's episode, among other things, what the difference is between a web page and a landing page, how to convert visitors into prospects, what you need on the front end and on the back end of your site, which kinds of software can you use to capture visitors' details and why, which lead magnets are useful and, of course, what lead magnets are and how to use them to attract paying clients, and what the difference is between organic and paid traffic. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark, and this is the Training Business Podcast. Every single Thursday, we have a guest on the show or a solo episode. And the idea behind this is to help you where you are on your journey as an independent or self-employed, uh, or it could be just someone who is in a corporate learning environment where you're a trainer, a practitioner working in the corporate space. So the goal is to help you to overcome a series of challenges. And for that reason, there is an episode of the show every single Thursday, whichever topics are of interest to you, you can reach out to me via mark at trainingbusiness.com. But today's show is all about the web presence that you have or need to have and should have, because this is going to help people to find you and to believe in you and want to contact you. Now, my apologies in advance because the audio recording today was a bit um, off and there's a, a quite a severe echo in my voice. In fact, it's not too bad, but it's in, to my ears is not good. But uh, my apologies in advance. I don't think that will take away from the quality of today's episode, but um, just accept my apologies in advance and we'll do a better job of getting the audio right next week. Greg, hi, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. It's great to be here. The reason we're talking is because like many people working for themselves, we're, we're conscious of, of the things that we need to start a business and to grow a business. And one of them these days, thanks to the pandemic, we have to be uh, visible online, is a website. And when people hear 
website, they think all kinds of things. They think of something with graphics and a picture of them and then uh, contact details. Are there elements out there that, that should be present or part of a website that doesn't just explain who you are, but it actually converts and gets people to take the next step with you, which of course is to contact you and, and hopefully do some kind of business? Yeah, totally. And look, it's, it's not so much about, um, you know, this is what we do. And, and this is uh, one of the biggest mistakes I see is that website owners or business owners think they can create a website themselves, right? And look, it's fine if you're starting out. I totally get that. But the problem that they most, most of the time will do is, is write copy about their products and services and, you know, what they do. And it's just very feature driven. However, that doesn't work because your visitors, they've only got about five seconds when they land on your website to work out if you've got a solution that solves their problem that they have at that time. So the the copywriting and the imagery and everything needs to talk to that customer's pain point essentially. Mm. I, I think you've struck something on the head there, which is the difference between a landing page and a website. Most people, when they think website, they think about us, they think um, contact us, they think blog, uh, they have a, a homepage, but they're not perhaps thinking of the thing, the first thing that people see when they land on my leadership training site or my IT training site. What is that copy, which you've mentioned, yeah. that speaks to me, interests me, and hopefully converts me into taking the next step? Exactly. And look, to give you like a, just a bit of a, a like a before and after, we designed mm. a website recently for somebody that is in the communication space based in the UK. Um, and she came to us with a website that it looked pretty, right? It was really clean. It had nothing on there basically. And because her business name had the word re, like started with the two letters RE, I'm not going to say the whole thing, but um, she mm. thought it'd be really clever to have re like all these other words starting with three that just went down the page and it had this really confusing what we call parallax effect which is mm. essentially triggered by a scrolling action things fly in or things move at a different pace to oh, the okay. actual scrolling yeah so those things are yeah. really annoying um and they're a proven conversion killer so um it looked it looked you know like like I guess what I like to say is a black T-shirt wearing designer thinks it looks great, but it's not leading with value. It's not positioning the client as the go-to authority and it's not talking to the pain point. So it just had all these words and all these parallax effects. And so what we did instead, I gave her a bit of a, a website review and sort of talked through what I thought was wrong with it and how we could improve it. Um, and then, yeah, she came back and and gave us some, you know, like we've got a 40-question questionnaire, but she answered that really well. So gave us some really good insights. And what we ask on that questionnaire is more about the audience and, you know, the problems that she solves. And then a little bit of a story around their brand and, and things like that can really help uh, sort of, you know, give us the information we need for when we start designing the website. So what we've done instead is um, we've given a like a uh, by the way we did we don't offer copywriting but we do work with copywriters really closely um, and so yeah we gave their their copywriter um, like a structure to work to basically and the structure is essentially the spin selling framework have you heard of that book by Neil Rackham oh yeah spin situation exactly Professor Rackham situation problem implication need Classic there you kind go of sales yes structure to help ask questions right 
Absolutely, yeah. And so that is sort of the framework. It's a cross between that and um, the hero's journey, um, which, you know, which is really, you know, the story brand philosophy is based on the hero's journey. And so we kind of mix in that philosophy with spin selling. Um, and we also want to use a little bit of um, influence by Robert Cialdini in there as well. So just to oh, run right. through that. Yeah, you know that book, <laughs> it's right? It's a real mix. Yeah, of course, reciprocity it is. and authority. Yeah, there you go. Great stuff. There you yeah. go, exactly. So if you think everything I've discussed this far, like in this in this interview, is is about the psychology behind why mm. people buy, right? It's, we haven't really talked about the, the design aspect, but the design is equally important. But yeah, realistically, we just want to let people know that we've got the expertise in solving their problems. So for instance, um, you might have, you know, might have an existing business where you've helped, I don't know, maybe a dozen clients. Um, and because of that, you know, they've got, they may have 500 people in each one of those organizations if they're corporates, for instance. So we like to have things like that we call an impact metrics bar. So let's say somebody lands on your page for the very first time and you, they see a headline that's, you know, a problem solution um, or benefit driven, you know, what's a big benefit. Um, and then, but don't be too clever with the word and try and be really um, like give it to a 10 year old and they have to understand it type of approach, right? But then underneath mm. that, we usually have like a little bit of social proof all these impact metrics. And so these impact metrics are really the numbers that are going to give people like a, a, a bird's eye view of, you know, the impact that your business has had. It might be how long you've been around, things like that as well. Um, but in a visual, you know, a, a metric, like big numbers basically going across the bottom of the page. And therefore, without even scrolling, they can see, oh, this person's an authority, you know. And speaking of authority, that's one of the psychological drivers in the Robert Cialdini mm -hmm. book. And so if you have like a picture of yourself um, or a video where you're speaking from stage and you dress sharp and all those sort of things, and you also have a professional design, that can help boost your authority as well. So that's one of the principles from that great book, uh, the psychology of, of influence. I think Pers I sometimes call it the psychology yeah, persuasion, of persuasion. But it, the book's called yeah. Influence, yeah. Yeah, Influence, yep. the psychology of persuasion, that's yep. it. And you, one of the points that he makes is the principle of authority, which, as you've said, Greg, is literally convincing people that you are an authority on the subject and yeah. other people recognize you as such, which is really key. You've you've achieved things and you've written something, you've spoken on something. Uh, people have maybe certified you with something. That That's the thing that makes people feel I'm in the hands of an expert. Can we just go back a few points? Because you've mentioned a couple of things which I think really are worth looking at more closely. Yeah, yeah. First sure. of all, um, conversion. A lot of people don't think this. When we think of websites, we think, okay, HTML, we think of a logo, we think of color scheme, we think of um, the pages which I've mentioned. What is the principle of conversion? Let's, let's pull that one out and define it. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the questions in our questionnaire is what is your goal? with this website, right? Um, and it usually aligns with your business goals. So in other words, I want to get X amount of sales or leads or things like that. So what we need to do when we design the site is focus on that conversion of converting a cold visitor into a lead or a sale, right? Now, it's one thing I say is you can't sell on hello. If Even if you're selling e-commerce like products on a website, um, you have to lead with value instead, right? Um, especially if you're offering a service, and especially in this, you know, space of, you know, a training business, um, 
people will not trust you immediately when they land on your site. So the purpose of your website is to build trust. So we lead with value by having some form of free offer that we ask for, you know, an email address, first name. You can ask for a phone number. You can ask for a a range of things in return. But the fewer uh, questions that you ask, uh, the higher the conversion. However, you have to kind of balance that with are you attracting good leads? So to give you an example, um, if you ask for a phone number, you're more than likely going to get a higher quality lead than if you just ask for first name and email. So, you know, I'm assuming that if your audience, uh, if they have corporates, you don't really need a whole lot of leads. You just need qualified leads, right? So what you have to think about is, okay, what is the goal of the people um, that, uh, sorry, what is the goal that you want your audience to do on your website? So it's, you know, make a sale, right? But you're not going to get a sale straight away because you're probably sending a custom invoice or whatever the case is. So we think, right, if the goal is to get them to buy from you and we have to build trust, what would be the first step in the funnel that's going to lead with value and give them a taste of what you have so that it builds trust, okay? And that might be, you know, a free consultation. It might be a free video series. It might be a free checklist. Whatever that case is, it just needs to position you as the authority and take them one step closer to, you know, essentially the sale. But that could be, it could be a, you know, it could be a long, uh, it could be a long game. I mean, if you don't need that many clients in this game, if they're all corporates, it might be like a month, it might be a week, it might be a year before they're ready to, to you know, close a sale. So that's why you just want to keep them warm. And there's a few ways of doing that. Um, just stop me from going too fast. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. I think this is important stuff because most of us think of just, I have a website, it's up now, it's visible, people will like it and the money will come rolling in. But that's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily true. Not I can speak at from all. experience here. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is you may not even be found unless you do a lot of, you know, SEO related things like creating content, blog, podcast, things like, you know, just helpful content essentially. But so let's say uh, back to the, the funnel. So it might be a free checklist of some sort, right? And then on the thank you page, this is a really crucial page which a lot of business owners just forget about. They might just might just write a line of text that says, hey, thanks for whatever they've just done, right? But instead, take them to a, a specific thank you page that has a different URL. And the reason you want a different URL is so that you can track and measure that that conversion, okay? Um, and so um, on that thank you page, what we recommend is have a face-to-camera video thanking them for whatever they've done and then invite them into the next step of your funnel, whatever that looks like, all right? But it's really just, and they may not be ready for that next step. Um, so therefore, the other strategy that we recommend is sending emails like a nurture campaign um, to your your cold leads because they may not be ready, you know, for six months. So you just want to keep them warm and you just want to, every time you email them, don't ask for a sale, just keep offering value, okay? And it might be sending them back to your blog or your podcast or whatever the case is that has more helpful, relevant content to their needs. Mm. Yeah, and, and something that you've you've said has just um, triggered something in my mind, which is people might say, well, listening to this, uh, you mentioned a thank you page. W- yep. Where did that come from? So the thank you page is really what happens when someone fills in your form in exchange for something of value to them. It could be the checklist. We call these things lead magnets. Yep. And someone finishes this form, presses submit, and then the thank you page is what your website should bring them to next uh, once they have agreed to download this thing or, or to be, let's say, subscribed to your email list. 
And the thank you page is an opportunity not just to confirm that the thing's on the way, but by the way, before you go, here are a couple of things and thank you for this and here's who I am and, and, and here are the options you have, et cetera, et cetera. So you feel this is yes. a, a great step to now confirm or rather take someone's current interest and, and get them while they're feeling happy with what they've just uh, done, which is in this case, download something or sign up to something, that you should call them by the hand and, and go the next step with them, which could be to do, let's say, an ebook or, or something, even an, an appointment to, to contact you and speak to you. Totally. Yep. That's the plan. Absolutely. It's all about building trust and just warming up those cold leads. Right. So conversion then, to, to summarize, is, is taking someone to a site, but then getting them to take an action which puts them into the funnel, the concept being that now they are someone who's not just passive, they're not just passing by your website, they have read something of value to them and they're now willing to take the next step, which could be doing something with a form on your site and submitting details. And of course, all of this stuff is perhaps technical and most people will shy away from these things because it does sound technical. I have to do a landing page, I have to, do, I have to write copy, I have to do my logo, etc. So there's lots of tasks here, and I think that's often where things fall down. You could, inverted commas, do your own website, and there are lots of platforms out there like Wix. Um, but you end up looking with looking like you've got haven't got a lot of money because it just looks a bit amateurish. So you might try something which is um, self-built for a while, but in the long term, in my experience, it will not convert leads into paying customers. Um, yeah. It'll look pretty. It'll act as a kind of a a piece of branding, but but nothing more. So let's let's talk about copy for a quick second. You you've touched upon that. It's not something that you do, and you're in your company in Studio One. But copywriting is a skill in itself, and I recognize this. I can write articles. I do, but I'm not a copywriter in terms of conversion copy, or what we often call um, yeah conversion copy. Let's call yeah. it conversion copy. Exactly. That is the art of writing, which gets people to to be piqued in terms of their interest in what you're doing, what results you've gotten, and then to want to do the same with you. How, how, how would you define conversion or copywriting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's certainly you know a skill to it that you know it's so different to blog writing. It's not funny, but um, yeah, it's more about the psychological drivers. And and you know we this is why we align ourselves with copywriters that write the way we design basically. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's really following all of those principles. Another principle is to position yourself, you know, as the guide and your prospects as the hero basically. Um, mm, and okay. so, you know, you want to compliment them as well in the copy, let them know you understand, you know, the situation they're in and they're going through a hard time or whatever because, you know, the problems it's created and, you know, say you're wonderful at what you do and blah, blah, blah. Right. So it's really, yeah, it's really, Really talking to them on a deep psychological um, level that is talking to uh, you know what's going on in their head basically, and one of the best ways to do this is to interview your audience. Right, it might be your existing clients and even your your cold prospects, and this is what a really good copywriter will do, so that when they're writing the copy. 
Uh, and they have, you know, a very detailed interview process with the, the target audience and existing clients. And they ask them a whole bunch of questions that the way they answer them, they will then put their exact word in onto the landing pages and, you know, sales pages that they write. Because mm. usually as the business owner, you're a little bit too close to what you offer and you use industry jargon and things like that. But if you actually use the, you know, the actual words, um, it can be really helpful. There's a tool that, have you heard of like a, um, uh, what's it called? A, a cloud, um, a word a cloud. cloud. A word cloud, yeah. yeah. So, for instance, like write down have, all the language that, that they use. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, if you interview a lot of people, it might even be 10 people, for instance, and you put all of their answers into a word cloud for each question, then you can see the most commonly um, used words and they're the type of words you want to put back into the copy. But even the way people say things as well can be important. Mm. So that's conversion, the concept that we're, we're not just writing to inform people, but writing them, writing to them to convert them to take the next step with us. Now, the other thing, of course, is that once we've got the details, where do the details go? And this introduces the concept of the back end or, or the CRM. And um, let's say we've a form, people fill us in, they book an appointment. We need technology beyond the website to actually capture people's details and do other things like, for example, putting them into a particular uh, sequence. Now, we're getting a tiny bit advanced here, but it's important to think that we're not just uh, having visual things which people can see. There's also stuff in the background. And some people use tools like HubSpot or Salesforce or perhaps things like um, Pipedrive. Uh, there are a bunch of, of CRMs out there that take people's details and then tell you that someone's done something on your site so that then you can book an appointment with them or schedule a call or something else. Yes. Um, let's talk about that for a second. The, the kind of back end, the front end is the website. What happens in the back end, all that magic stuff in terms of appointments and, and uh, scheduling and things like that? Yeah. I mean, you do need a bunch of different tools, um, you know, that need to talk to each other. So, and they're all, it's pretty technical, but they're, they may, mainly talk to each other and connected to each other via an API. So API is a fancy way of saying, you know, if somebody does this on my website, I want it to link to my CRM and mm. I want them to be tagged as they've done X on my website, right? And mm. then the beauty of that is when you go into CRM, you can see how many contact points, um, you know, each of these contacts has with your website or with your email marketing, if they, you know, if they've mm. opened a bunch of emails and all that. And, you know, they say in general, people usually have around, you know, seven contact points before they're ready to purchase. So it's always yeah. important to, um, to, yeah, to just keep leading with value. But also the beauty of these CRMs is you can track and measure everything if, if everything's connected to your website. Um, we use dashboards, which takes CRM, your website, uh, your website data, your Google Analytics, um, other tools we use like it's a bit technical, but Hotjar, which does heat maps and records videos yeah. of everybody that uses your website. And so you put all this data into like a dashboard tool and there's a, a bunch of them out there. One of a really good ones called Wicked Reports. Um, and then you can see, you know, like if, if you release, let's say, four podcast episodes per month. What does that do to your bottom line? What does it do to all of the leads? How many touch points? All those metrics can be measured on a mm. on a dashboard. So you mentioned Hotjar. So that's a bit advanced, but effectively someone 
can find out where people are looking on their website, what they're clicking on. Mm-hmm. Are they are they clicking on particular links or ignoring them? And of course, in the long term, you need this kind of data. Initially, you don't because yeah. there isn't enough perhaps traffic to tell you you know what people are doing on the website. Yeah. But in time, it does sound like it gets scientific. But the very minimum that people need is this front end. We typically call the website or the landing page a specific page on that site which you want people to come to. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the the back end is the stuff that people don't see, but it's there. It's the stuff that tracks what people are doing. It tells you uh, someone signed up to your newsletter, for example. And it's given you their name, and then maybe there's some drop-down menu they've selected, and one of them is to to book a call with you. So you need a system like, I suppose, Active Campaign or or Infusionsoft. Exactly. Yeah, uh, even Mailchimp. Sort of, Mailchimp's yeah, pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, it's a good or one convert to start kit. with. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. these things they're separate to your website, aren't they, Greg? They're that, they're add-ons. They are. But, but yeah, look. With a website, there's a lot of moving parts that you need to plug mm. into it, but uh, you know it's well worth it. Um, you know, once you once you really get cracking, like it, it's just it's it's gold. I mean, you can't live with that without this stuff. Once your website has you mm. know thousands and thousands of visitors, I mean, we you know we have some websites, some clients that have forty thousand visitors per day and things like that. So it's um, it'd be That's impossible huge. unless yeah. you tracked all these things. So you need some kind of dashboard. You wouldn't know possibly. You couldn't possibly know how many people are visiting your website without having some kind of system that measures these things, some kind yeah. of metrics. Okay. Exactly. So loads we could talk about here, but things things like branding often come up in conversation. People. Yeah. That's the first thing we think of. You know, um, I need a website. Uh, my favorite color is orange or blue. Um, I my I like this particular font. So we kind of go in with with the optics. Uh, we lead with the optics. We lead how it. Uh, we 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 think of what it should look like first of all. But I mean, I'm being slightly critical here because I'm, I'm critics criticizing myself. That's often how I've done things in the past, which is to throw something up that that appeals to me, but not necessarily to the audience. But uh, branding still does have a role to play. What would you say could help someone to just really clarify what branding and and color scheme should look like, and then let's get that one out of the way. Yeah, for sure. It is important, absolutely. I mean, the, you know, the, the internet's a competitive place. Every niche just has so much uh, competition these days. So you want a brand that's going to be memorable, but you also, I don't really care what my clients want as far as color palette. I do to a degree, but it's more about what we think is appealing to their target market, right? So um, right. we also want you to have a unique color palette and things like that. But um only if it's going to appeal to that target market. Like if you say, I absolutely love orange, um, but you've got a really, you know, high class, um, expensive kind of offer, then I wouldn't go with a color like orange. I would have, you know, more of a like a Mercedes Benz <laughs> silver and you know, high contrast kind of color palette. Um, mm. So, yeah, the colors are important. But I would say, you know, a brand is essentially um, you know, what people say about you when you're not in the room, right, or about your business essentially. So mm. I think Jeff Bezos said that. And I love that quote because it's so true. Like it, it needs to be memorable. It needs to represent what your business is all about and the fact that it's, it needs to appeal to that target market. And if you get all those things right, um, you know, you can actually increase the perceived value of your offer just by having a mm. professional uh, design that's, you know, appealing to your target market that has that upmarket feel. Um, but yeah, if you try and do it yourself, you, you know, you might be able to do it yourself and there are some good templates out there, but you will look like everything else out there. So in a competitive world, I say, 
you know, you're better off investing in your brand. And I see yeah. it as like a five, 10 year investment. No, I'm not saying to people, don't design things yourself. Uh, it's not my place to say that. I mean, I've definitely yeah. gone to places like uh, Theme Forest in the past to download themes. Yep. But again, I'm, I'm back to the position of designing for what I like. Uh, and I'm picking something which I can't really change very well. And that, that's the issue I've found in the past. It, it might be a kind of a bridging gap solution where I, I have something which I can, I can work with for a while. So you might want to throw something up like that. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't last. It, it wouldn't last. Uh, eventually, I find there's more stuff than I can handle. I mean, you're getting into real technical stuff when you're hooking up things like uh, Infusionsoft and, and uh, Active Campaign and HubSpot, all the stuff that connects. That's not stuff that I do. And the other point I make is that if, you, if you're making money from, from training people, from uh, coaching people, the last thing you want to do is to be spending hours and hours stuck behind a laptop uh, knee-deep in code and, 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 and APIs, application programming interfaces, yeah. and, 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 and hex codes, and, and HTML, and, and all that stuff. And I think a lot of people are tempted to do this because they think they're clever, and I did for a while, but I realized there's a lot of stuff here. And even SEO, which, you've, which we'll look at next, that's a whole different area in itself. This is the stuff that helps people, it helps search engines to find you. And again, there's copy so far. We've mentioned copy. That's a specialization. Conversion, that's a specialization. Front-end or UX user interface design, what people see, that's a specialization. Designing lead magnets, that's a specialization. Um, the psychology of, of copywriting, that's almost a sub-specialization. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this, this thing called SEO, search engine optimization, which again, many people don't even think of looking at because it's so complex. So in plain English, search engine optimization is, is, the, is the art of making your website attractive to search engines so when people type in particular words they come to your site and they find you what would you say to that in terms of its scientific yeah. basis yeah and, yeah and you, exactly and the knowledge not, behind it yeah look we're, we're not seo experts but we do work very closely with seo experts around the world and um you know it is crucially it's probably more important these days to to get the seo right because it's such a competitive world uh but you know, you can't control what your competitors are doing. So what you can control is all of your on-page content and, you know, the links that are coming back to your website. So a thing that is really important in the Google algorithm for ranking websites is this thing called EAT. And uh, you can look that up, but um, there's okay. Yeah, EAT. So it stands for expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness. And it really ties in with the way we we design websites, right? So um, obviously, speed is really crucially important, uh, especially on mobile. So when we design websites, we do mm -hmm. the desktop version first, but we're always thinking of how it will work on and look on a, on a mobile. And when we design the mobile view, then we simplify and we shorten the, uh, the vertical space. And we do do just little tricks to um, make it load fast, essentially, right? Because the speed is is crucially important for for rankings. But it's not just speed. It's not just you know how much content you have, links. It's all those things. There's about 200 things in their algorithm. But this EAT is becoming more and more important to them because they don't want to send you know traffic people that are searching for things on Google to websites that are dodgy or are like affiliates and things like that because they want to send them to real businesses. So put in a phone number on your website, um, put in a, you know, a contact page. A lot of these affiliates won't have any of those things because they don't want to be contacted, right? They just want to promote somebody else's 
stuff. And Google don't like that anymore. So they really want to send uh, links, uh, sorry, you know, traffic to uh, credible, knowledgeable experts, basically. And so that's why you should put a blog or a podcast or video or something on your website regularly to prove that you understand, uh, sorry, to share your knowledge, to prove that you're a knowledgeable expert in your subject matter. And Google will, and make sure it's all relevant. Don't just blog about anything. It's got to be relevant to what your offer is. And then Google, the more you do that, Google will just keep favoring and boosting your website. But as far as becoming ranking, you know, ranking number one, it really does depend on what your competitors are doing as well. And you can't control mm. that piece. Yeah. And we, we can look at um, paid traffic, which is a whole different topic in itself. And of course, then uh, organic traffic. But from what you're saying here, we're looking to um, appeal to the search engine using search engine optimization. So we're, we're doing the things that Google likes. Yeah. And if we're not doing the things that Google likes, Google punishes us. It uh, it relegates us way down the listing. And is there an argument that can be made that uh, I've heard this people, I've heard this said many times that unless you're on page one or two, you effectively don't exist. Is that yeah? Is that pretty true? much? Yeah, absolutely. Well, but okay. but SEO is just one strategy. You know, like I would do a mix of SEO. Um, I would do a mix of referrals, building your network. Um, mm. Uh, advertising, you know, there's a lot of things you should be doing as opposed to just one, like relying on one, one strategy. Mm. Final thing then today, um, WordPress. Most people that I know will use a WordPress site. Some people mm-hmm. use hosted platforms like a hosted WordPress solution or Wix. I mentioned that. Um, do you design WordPress sites? And what's your view on, on the best platform that someone should think of using for their own, let's say, leadership training, sales training, IT training, resilience training, website. Yeah, yeah. so look, WordPress is great. There's another platform called, called 10X Pro, which is an all-in-one marketing and membership site. So if you do offer training in the form of a course, that would be the perfect platform for you because it's almost like a one-click, you know, set it up and, and you're done type of thing. You still need design. They do have templates, but if you wanted to mm. stand out, you still need design and good copyright and things like that. But mm. the beauty of that is it kind of does away with all those other things that you need to connect into it. You still need a CRM though, like, you know, a, an Infusionsoft or Active Campaign or, you know, something that's going to collect all the leads, et cetera. But yeah, that's... 10xpro.io, I think it is, mm. um, is definitely worth considering. We love WordPress as well. Like to me, that is like 90% of the sites that we design, we build on WordPress. Um, we do Shopify for e-commerce. But yeah, WordPress is amazing because, um, you know, you don't have to pay a monthly fee. You you own it. You, you have to pay a, you know, a host, which is somewhere you know, like $30 a month, for instance, yeah. um, but you have full control and full, full ownership. So you can chop and change, you know, developers and things like that. Um, but yeah, 10X Pro is, is fantastic, but there is a monthly fee associated with it. And then of course, then there's the other, quest, other question of hosting, which is a different topic. You've got HostGator and you've got um, uh, GoDaddy and, and WP Engine, which I host with, but um Ultimately, that's the technical stuff that someone who designs your website would help you with anyway. It's not something you have to waste yeah. time on choosing yeah. a hosting platform. So let's leave that one aside. Yep. So WordPress definitely for me is is the one that makes sense. And I think it's the one that if we bring in designers, they're the ones who typically would be most familiar with. Um, there are plenty of other platforms out there. Uh, I used to use uh, Drupal or something like that yep. back in the day, Joomla. Um, but WordPress is easiest. And, and the other reason, of course, is that there are plenty of plugins or add-ons, things like membership, 
add-ons, things yes. you can add into your site to expand it, uh, all kinds of extras which WordPress uses and, and works with because WordPress is arguably the most popular website side pipeline. Sorry, I'll it do is. that again. WordPress is arguably the most uh, popular website platform in the world. It, it most definitely is. I think there's like 30% of all websites are WordPress, some crazy number like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they have a huge market share. And yeah, it can grow and expand as your business grows and expands. You can put a membership site on, you can put a forum, you can put a shopping cart. There's all sorts of things, you know, just keep adding pages. And there's some really good page builder tools out there like Elementor and Thrive Themes and quite a few others. But yeah, those two in particular um, are also really uh, easy to use uh, for building pages yourself, but they uh, have been proven to rank well as well because they're built well and they're not, you know, they don't slow your site down too much. <laughs> yeah, so there's really loads here people could could think of, but we've we've got to think in in wrapping up here. People have to think customers first. They've got to think business first, yeah. which means thinking about conversion, not necessarily visual appearance, because what you think is attractive and looks good to you is not necessarily the thing that will convert visitors into into customers. Is that fair to say? Well, I think I think design, um, okay, the, the CEO of JAG said, if you think good design is expensive, you should look at the cost of bad design. And I see a lot of business owners do mm. it themselves. They don't value the design. But if you're, you know, up against competitors and you've both got the similar kind of marketing message, but their design looks great and yours looks average, I think, you know, that is going to help influence them towards the competitor. Right. So we want design. We also, though, want not just a website. We want a platform that has authority, all the the psychological influences you mentioned, and creates in people the feeling that they're talking to someone or listening to someone or reading about someone who's an expert, and therefore it makes sense to, to get in touch with them. Totally. Spot on. Where can people find out more about you, Greg? Yeah, so just go to studio1design.com. If you have any questions, just email me, greg, at studio1design.com. And that's the numeral one. Okay, so that's studio number one, as in the number one, design.com. Correct. Brilliant. Greg, thanks so much for being my guest today on the show. Thank you, Mark. It's been great. Appreciate it. huge thank you to Greg for being my guest today on the show. And if you're listening, Greg, thank you for spending so much time walking us through what the differences are between a a web page and a landing page. And of course, answering my questions on the kinds of things that we need to have uppermost in mind when thinking of building a website, which is our brand. It's our outward outward facing shop window to the world. It needs to have the right information and present the right image to attract people. And you can look forward to another episode of the show next Thursday. In fact, every Thursday, we have episodes of the show. If you've got some ideas for the kinds of content that you would like to hear, please drop me a line. Personally, my email address is mark at trainingbusiness.com. You've got some great ideas for episodes. I know this because regular listeners are all the time suggesting guests. So please keep those ideas coming. Please subscribe to the show and you'll find every episode of the show on your podcast platform of choice every Thursday on Apple, Stitcher or Spotify and a range of others, of course. But until next time, please keep training, keep selling, look after your loved ones and yourself. Speak soon. Thanks. 
Thanks once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.